Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to the Boss Up Podcast, episode 392. I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Bossed Up. And today we are breaking down what on earth has been going on when it comes to the layoffs in tech disproportionately impacting women, folks of color, and folks in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm breaking down this conversation today with Nadia Deala, who is a leadership and negotiation coach speaker, and facilitator on a mission to close the intersectional pay and leadership gap. She's the founder of Real You Leadership, which focuses on inspiring professional women and femmes of color to fearlessly live a life in alignment with their highest values, vision, and purpose so they can show up as the truest versions of themselves, no matter what rooms they're in. So without further ado, let's dive into this timely, important conversation with Nadia Deala. Welcome to the Busta Podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. I feel like we have so much in common, first of all. So I really admire what you're doing with Real You Leadership as a leadership and negotiation coach. But why don't we first start by backing up and explaining to listeners how you got into this work? So I previously was in tech sales, so I am a self-dubbed ex-techie. I like to say that I was a little ahead of the game and did my own great resignation as well. I think we have very similar stories in that way, but burnt out, overwhelmed, felt like I was climbing up the wrong career ladder, and I was deeply, deeply unhappy for a number of reasons. And I exited tech. I left my six-figure tech job. Really, really scared my Filipina mom. You know, I'm the daughter of Filipino immigrants, and that was a really scary, big thing to do in my 20s. And I, you know, was the first account manager of a company called HelloSign, now called Dropbox Sign, that I helped build their sales team. I worked in enterprise sales, and I just, I just couldn't see the path forward. And I listened to my body, basically, because every time I tried to jump to another job, put up a resume look up job ads, descriptions. I literally felt my stomach sink. I had a couple crying in the bathroom floor moments at work and I knew something had to give. So I quit, took my own self-funded sabbatical and created space. That's all I needed because I couldn't see the next steps forward. And in that space, coaching came in. For me, I really just wanted to create space. Coaching filled in that space. I fell in love Mm -hmm. and I just kept finding more and more. I can't go back. Every time I thought about, okay, maybe it's time I go back. I couldn't. I just couldn't. And coaching is such a magical thing that makes you, you know, when you do it well, even in a client's perspective and your coaches lead you, guide you, you just can't lie to yourself. Right. And it would have been a lie if I ever went back. So I said, okay, I guess I'm starting this business. 
And I started coaching women of color specifically. So for the past five, six years, I've been coaching women and femmes of color to close their pay gap. It has been amazing. And then suddenly we started getting invitations to go to companies and organizations to teach workshops to their BIPOC communities, their women and other marginalized communities. And we did. And eventually we started saying, hey, if you're going to ask us to teach them how to negotiate, to advocate, to empower themselves, how are your people managers actually ready to receive that? And so now we're starting to do people manager trainings because folks listen to that inquiry. Yeah, no, I, I think... First of all, we could have done a whole episode together on financial freedom and, you know, how to navigate a pivot, like a self-funded sabbatical, because there's a lot of privilege wrapped up in that, that I think a lot of people listening would be like, um, sure, sign me up for that plan. But given your expertise in leadership, especially being a woman of color and getting through that part of your career in tech, I really want to hone in and just acknowledge that, like, the microaggressions women of color face in tech and women at large face in tech is a huge driver of what McKinsey and company and Lean In are calling the great breakup right now, right? Something insane like 50% of employees of color right now say they want to quit their jobs. And according to that McKinsey and Lean In study from last year, these women leaders are more likely than men to experience microaggressions that undermine their authority. And frankly, it leaves a lot of people feeling what you were feeling. Like, I want a GTFO. Like, this is not in alignment with who I am. What do you make of that mass exodus that we're seeing of women three years into this pandemic calling it quits and raising the red flag and hopefully starting their own ventures or doing something better? But like, being driven out of those those boardrooms and those those tech companies. That's kind of why I do what I do because it is really disheartening. It is really sad and traumatic to go through that and yeah. to witness even my clients, right? I empower them to get the pay positions and recognition they deserve. And when it comes down to it, everybody wants to do their own thing at the end of the day. Everybody wants to find a means to an end of, I want to be mm. liberated. I want to have financial liberation because no matter what company they end up going to, even if they get the skills, even if they get the confidence, even if they are able to activate their voice, advocate for themselves, negotiate like a badass, all these things, if their stakeholders are not ready to receive that, if the systems aren't set up properly to be equitable and inclusive, they will reach a ceiling somewhere, right? Concrete, glass, bamboo, whatever you want to call it. It's they will reach a ceiling somewhere. And for me, that was a big part of why I left. And I think that's why the great breakup is happening now that, you know, we're seeing all these hundreds of thousands of people getting laid off over and over again. And the majority of them are women. The majority of them are BIPOC and other marginalized people. And those were already dwindling numbers that are getting reduced, mm -hmm. right? So what yeah. are we really talking about here when we talk about we want this to be a diverse environment? We want this to be inclusive. We want everybody to bring their best selves forward. But we know we get punished for bringing our full best selves forward. Or we get ignored and overlooked. Yeah, and it feels like, you know, these latest reports coming out that aren't well understood, right? The the tech layoff report 
of 2023 conducted by Women Impact Tech and Andiamo is finding that, like you said, women and folks of color are disproportionately affected by these tech layoffs. And HR, talent acquisition, recruiting, all of which makes sense, are being laid off disproportionately, as well as diversity, equity, and inclusion leaders, right? Making up 33% and 66% of those layoffs, respectively. So these tech companies, they've been talking a big game since 2020 about hiring diversity officers. And now the minute the economy starts to take a nosedive, just in that industry, particularly a hyper growth industry, and they're just, you know, completely turning tail on DEI. It's it's a hard thing to believe in the philosophy of these high paying tech jobs being worth it for folks of color and women, right? Yeah, I mean I will say that a lot of us haven't believed it from the beginning. Yeah. Right? So I will say that, you know, it's performative at best. It's systems of oppression and capitalism at play. Our team members out there, the workforce mm. out there, nobody is a fool. Everybody sees it. It's just what power do they have to actually name it and make a difference to change things for themselves and their peers, right? And for yeah. the whole work community they're in. And so... It is really disheartening because what's left then? How do you continue that momentum of your DEI vision, your commitments that you made? Because it's still critical. It's not just about belonging for your workforce. It's also about doing the right thing, right? Making an impact in the actual world when we can do it in our workplace. Yeah. There are ripple effects that can be positive out there. Yeah. I think you and I kind of bonded and commiserated a little bit when we first connected about the fact that our businesses try to help well-intentioned companies to do right by people and do right by people of color and women in particular with leadership development programming. Where are the bright spots from your vantage point? There's a lot of dark spots right now, but what's what does it look like for a company to do things, if not right, at least better. You know, what is partnering with an organization who really believes in investing in women's leadership development look like from your vantage point? Right. So I do work directly with a lot of people ops directors and DEI directors, managers. That's the bright spot. Yeah. There's a reason why women and BIPOC folks are historically getting cut off in these layoffs faster than anybody because of the positions that you mentioned. HR, people ops, marketing, sales, DEI. Oftentimes that is the entry point. And, um, mm. you know, a lot of women and BIPOC folks, other marginalized people make up, you know, of those multidimensional folks do make up those roles. So that's a delight to work with those folks, right? I love when we can go in, we just hang out, we actually strategize and we bond and they tell me, this is our problem can you help? And I go, I see you. I hear you. Let's go. Right. And we just have fun. We really are aligned. And I truly tell them, I'm here to help you. I want you to have a good working environment because I've built a bond with you. I actually kind of love you. Right? <laughs> like that's the energy I bring in when I partner with these folks. And I know that their job is so hard. And I know that yeah. they are you know, pretty much pushing a boulder up a mountain, like multiple mountains and peaks and down valleys again and up more peaks. And 
I can feel the stress in them. So the lights is when we can build a genuine connection and say, let's do the best we can. Let's see how we can make a positive impact. And I can tell that they absolutely care. My favorite part is when they have executive buy-in and there's no need to fight for investment. And I'm not just even talking about financial investment. I'm talking about time and energy investment for managers and leaders. I can't tell you how many times we have tried to push for a 90-minute training at best. Like, this needs to be 90 minutes. How are we going to teach people managers to have unbiased performance reviews in 90 minutes for something so critical that you do twice, sometimes even four times a year. (laughs) And you're telling me they can't even spare an hour. All your people managers literally can't spare an hour. I had a company tell me recently, we might be only able to do 45 minutes for this. So that is a systemic issue, right? So I I love when executives and leadership buy-in is there where, nope, we're doing the full recommended time to really immerse ourselves in this. Um, We're going to do multiple sets of trainings. It's going to be all year long. We're going to have quarterly, monthly, et cetera, because we need that. (laughs) It's just like, okay, so you really want to solve this problem in 45 minutes? Got it. Yeah, I think it's it's a challenge for sure. It's interesting. We we try to meet our clients where they're at and use whatever performative, you know, first step they might be able to spare, including those 45 minutes, as then that launch pad to a deeper conversation. And one of the bright spots that we've seen lately is within organizations that we can really help those advocates from within who do feel fearful, right? Because they need to prove... ROI. They need to prove to their suspicious, frankly, or skeptical at best executive team that this is worthwhile. We need to show them the numbers, the ROI, the learning that's happening, you know, metrics to equip them to be as persuasive as possible. And a lot of our level up leadership accelerators that we're doing in-house with companies who want to close the gender leadership gap. I kind of feel like you feel that we're kind of co-conspirators with our chief people officers or our chief learning officers or our, you know, people ops team members. It's them and us together trying to bring about some radical change in an infrastructure that feels unsafe sometimes. So how do we protect those advocates from within while pushing that boulder up the hill together, you know? It's so hard because we're external, you know, we're not embedded in these companies and it can be a little difficult because they have to give us so much in order for our programs to be successful. And so I think it's really giving them the path to say, I'm ready to make you as successful as possible. And I need you to help me be the same. I want us to continue this because you're right. Like there are those entry point gigs where you're like, okay, this is our first step in our partnership. That's how we're looking at it. And I'm going to rock your world because I want us to keep working together. Um, I want us to continue this partnership. And it makes sense because I have gotten to know organizations really, really well. I'm on three years with some companies and just like, what do we got this year? What do the surveys say this year? For me, I think it's about building that trust yeah. and letting them know, I got your back. Totally. It, it, it truly is that. And I know how hard it is because I was there. You were there, right? I know what used to crush my soul every day. And I had one director of DEI that I just met with where 
we were going to do a really big program. And she felt very blindsided, quote unquote blindsided, she said, um, because she just entered this company. We were going to go in together because I've worked with her at a previous role in organization. And it's cool because those are the partnerships that last. And what she realized was, oh, this company wasn't doing as well as they made me believe. And we just had a massive layoff. And guess what? Majority were women. And I'm going to try to figure it out. We still need to do something because this was for a woman's ERG, right? And this was for like a six-month program for the woman's ERG. And she's like, we still have to do something because now they're extra in need. Um, But I need to figure out budget, money's tight, et cetera. And I just had to pause her and say, are you okay? (laughs) Right? Like, first of all, I don't care about our project. I don't care about all this. Like, how are you doing? You are a human being. I know as the new director of DEI, right? And as a BIPOC woman, right? Like, this is not easy to witness, to be a part of. Even layoff survivor guilt is very real to cope with. Totally. Um, I'm sure you're in overdrive right now. And she was like, we're doing like 12-hour days right now in leadership. It is really tough. I've got a lot to do, you know, and also coping with her own heart. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to know that we're working with human beings that just got it tough. Yeah. In a way, we almost have it easier, right? Being external, where it's just like, yeah, I get to go. <laughs> but if you let me be a part of this in a deeper way, we can really work together and you're not alone because I know she's alone. And I know that she's basically a department of one. Definitely now. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these tech companies are laying off, you know, three to five DEI folks. And that's the whole department. That's the whole department for 5,000 people, right? Right. Elon Musk takes over Twitter and, and first moves getting rid of all ERGs. I think it provided literally inspiration and cover for the tech bros making executive decisions to say ERGs are not important. So, Tech is really bumming us all out. I think that's fair to say. But we're also seeing a lot of interest in government sector, nonprofit sector, medical sector, legal sector, even the trades and construction and engineering, which are all traditionally male-dominated. What do you feel like is the prevailing case to be made for those predominantly male and pale environments to really double down now and say, in an economy where there's a lot of talent available, it's a very, it's historically been very competitive, but now there's some exodus in the tech world of really talented people who could be very talented in other industries as well. Why is now the time to double down and invest in women and people of color, especially when it comes to closing that leadership gap? So why now for leadership development? So taking a step back, why now for leadership development, especially for women and marginalized people, is just because, yo, you want the job done well, we're going to do it, right? (laughs) I'm I'm serious. You know, there is the saying that women, women of color, we have to work thrice, twice as hard for half the pay, half the recognition, etc. And if you treat us right, If you set us up for success, if you elevate us and give us spaces where we can be safe, we can have balance, we can thrive, oh, your your ROI is going to be amazing. 
right? Like truly, truly incredible. We do incredible things. And it's a shame that people don't use us to our full potential. And absolutely to train not just us, but train your majority power of people me- uh, managers, right? So like you say, and as my friends and I like to say, hella male, hella pale, <laughs> people managers. Um, this is where we really want you to recognize that we have to be able to make managers successful to connect understand the individual nuanced needs of every single person they work with, especially their direct reports. And especially in the remote and hybrid workplace now, right? Like, I think there's been a lot of ink spilled in the last year about how managers are the glue holding every organization together right now. And if you bail on your managers, your managers are going to have an outsized negative impact when they bail on you because they hold teams together and they hold companies together. So that's that's really what we've been seeing too. One of our clients who we've worked with for a few years now is called Sports Reference. They're a data company at the intersection of tech and sports. Mm. So kind of like a double male-dominated industry. Yeah. And we did a, a workshop series with them and then did the Level Up Leadership Accelerator with them. And their latest engagement survey came back showing 100% of their employee base feels like they have a future at the company. They're engaged in the work they're doing. They feel respected and heard. And it was like, I haven't seen an engagement survey with hundreds across the board like I've seen in this company that we worked with. It's just, you know, when you do the work, you reduce attrition, you reduce turnover, you increase engagement. It's like, the money comes back to you right. when you do things the right way. Right. It's amazing. It does. And it's just, it is so expensive. You know, if we're just talking about financial ROI, it is so expensive to recruit and hire new folks, right? It, it truly, truly is. And take care of the people you have right now. Create a true sense of belonging and safety. Psychological safety is everything. And I love that you help this company be able to say on every end of the spectrum, right? That we feel we feel good, we feel safe, we feel heard, we can talk. I think that's a big part of leadership training is can we have uncomfortable conversations? Can we have the conversations that all of us likely want to avoid because it's not going to feel good, it's not going to be pretty, it's not going to be flowers and sunshine and yeah. Let's just be real. I mean, that's the reason why I call it real you leadership because I'm just like, can we just keep it real? <laughs> like in all in all <laughs> measures, <laughs> can we just keep it real? <laughs> I love it so much, Nadia. Tell us more about real you leadership and where we can learn more about you and all that you and your organization have to offer. Yeah, so you can find me, Nadia Diala, on LinkedIn and go to realyouleadership.com. That's Y-O-U as in you be the real you. Um, so realyouleadership.com. And we do workshops, in-house cohorts for coaching, for corporations and organizations, for your people managers to be more human-centered, and for your BIPOC women and femmes to be able to elevate their leadership and their career skills, both hard and soft skills. Definitely the soft skills are what we're working on majority of the time with leaders. but. Would love to welcome anybody who's interested in partnering together for anything you need around that. 
Amazing. And we will drop all of those links in today's show notes. Definitely don't sleep on Nadia's LinkedIn influencer status because that's where we connected. (laughs) And I love what you have to share on LinkedIn. I'm kind of geeking out on LinkedIn lately myself. So, Oh, I yeah. I saw some big news for you of one of your LinkedIn um, lessons that you have, your learning lessons. Yeah, lots of good stuff (laughs) happening on LinkedIn. So keep doing the amazing work you're doing, Nadia. It really is such an inspiration. And it's been a delight chatting with you today. Yay. Thank you. For more details and links to everything Nadia and I discussed during today's conversation, head to bosdiv.org slash episode 392. There you'll find links to our upcoming job search summit specifically for women in tech who are navigating layoffs or are concerned about layoffs, as well as more information about those past clients we've worked with through our Level Up Leadership Accelerator and how you can join our upcoming Level Up Leadership Accelerator as an individual, even if your entire company isn't necessarily ready to invest internally. If we can be of service to you or if Nadia and her team can be of service to you, don't wait. Head to bossedup.org slash episode 392 to learn more now. In the meantime, let's keep bossing in pursuit of our purpose. And together, let's lift as we climb.